I could go on about how beautiful it is. Arkansas is underrated. The beauty that you experience, and then you combine that with, I'm getting chills right now just thinking about it. When you've got it going and you're in that beautiful spot, it's like, no, who else gets to experience this? It's magical. Julie Watkins, I'm a rower with Rock City Rowing. Leslie Kane, and I'm a rower with Rock City Rowing. Ann McCormick, and I'm a rower with Rock City Rowing. This is Ted Riedeberg, head coach of Rock City Rowing in Little Rock, Arkansas, and you're listening to Steady State Podcast. Hello, and welcome to Steady State Podcast, your rowing fix, where the water's flat, the catches are clean, and you can always hear the coxswain. We're revealing a narrative about rowing culture that celebrates the expansive array of rowers, coaches, and coxswains in a podcast designed to save a real life experience from gaunch to coxie at every level. We're Rachel Friedman and Tara Morgan, and this is Steady State Podcast. Sit ready. We're really interested in what makes people the rowers, coaches, and coxswains they are today, on and off the water. And when it comes to clubs and boathouses, we want to meet the people that make it happen. With that in mind, our Club Spotlight series takes us to Little Rock, Arkansas, which, according to members of Rock City Rowing, is sorely underrated. Located on a beautiful stretch of water in Little Rock, RCR is home to one of just two boathouses in the entire state offering programs for masters and juniors. We talk with RCR head coach Ted Reideberg and three masters rowers about bringing rowing back to Little Rock after a long hiatus and how rowing changes lives. We like to put our guests on the hot seat at the beginning of the episode for a lightning round of questions. And we'll ask each of you specific questions. Okay, you ready? Ted, sweep or skull? Skull. Julia, bow seat, stroke seat, or engine room? Bow. Anne, saltwater or freshwater? Freshwater. Ted, sprint race or head race? Sprint race. Leslie, concept two, hydro or water rower? On the water. Water. Uh, none of the above. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Concept two. Thank you. Uh, and shoes or barefoot on the erg? Shoes. <laughs> Julia, calories, watts, or splits on the splits. monitor? Splits. So for those of you who are sweep rowers, I'm going to ask both of you, what is your favorite Cox command? Power 10. It's, I was in the engine room. So, hey, it was pretty simple. <laughs> Go. Yeah, bring it. Yeah. <laughs> Just uh, meet. I like way enough because then you're finished. <laughs> Pain's over. Yeah, that's a popular one for a lot of folks. That is a popular one. Okay, and then for everybody, uh, coffee before or after a row? We'll start with Julia. After. And? Before. Leslie? Before and after. <laughs> oh, Ted. Uh, before. Excellent. Are you the coach that has the mug on the on the launch boat the whole time, and you know you got the 
Uh, surprisingly, um, I would say that I'm a casual coffee drinker, though. Okay, thanks, you guys. So the rapid fire is a way that our listeners can get to know you a little bit better. But these these are all really relatable things, right? All right. So Ted, on a scale of a zero to ten, how's your rowing week going? Uh, well, it just started, so let's see. It's it's going great. That's so true. Far. It's Monday. I just, I just got up and. We were going to row this morning, but the weather was a little bit uncooperative. So I'm able to sit here at home and do this instead of trying to do it while I was coaching on the water. That would have been interesting. Um, I'll jump in. We had a great weekend. We, um, the University Medical Center here did a Walk for the Cure uh, program, and we were a sponsor of that. So we had a table set up, and we had a couple of ergs, and we just talked to people as they came by. We had a drawing and we were giving away two free on the water rowing lessons. So that was a really fun event. We had good team participation with that. And then, oh. and then last week, the weather was great for rowing. So we had a couple of really nice uh, sessions out on the water. So I want to take a step back. You'll just say your name and maybe how long you've been rowing. Let's start with uh, Ted. All right. Well, um, I started rowing as a freshman in high school, um, way back in I think 1986, something like that. Um, a friend of mine uh, joined as a coxswain and I had no idea what rowing was and he told me I should come check it out. And I did and I, it was my favorite sport. So I just stuck with it. I did not row in college, but the college I went to didn't offer rowing. So um, I picked it back up as an adult and I just kind of fell into coaching. I was just asked randomly uh, after attending kind of an indoor rowing workout thing um, if I've ever coached before. And I said, no. And they said, have you ever thought about coaching? I said, no. And they said, well, you should give it a try. It's a lot of fun. And so I just kind of started volunteering. And then I was the head coach of that program after about three years. And where was this that you're talking about? Um, where did you start learning to row? And uh, Well, I learned to row in Poughkeepsie, New York on the Hudson. And uh, I moved to Florida when I was 20. And I started uh, doing stuff with rowing again when I was in my mid-20s. Um, and that was at a school called the Bold School, which is a private school in Jacksonville, Florida. Julia. So I've been rowing um, for not quite two years now. Uh, I know you guys talk a lot about kind of the sport of indoor rowing, and that's how I started off. I bought a, a rowing machine four or five years ago and played around with it a little bit and then decided I wanted to get a little more, bit more serious about that. So I bought a hydro rower um, about two and a half years ago. Started on that, loved it, but I wanted to have some individual coaching for that. And I thought there's got to be somebody in Little Rock that can do this. So I looked online and I found Ted. And so I called up Ted and said, you know, would you meet me at the athletic club and just give me a rowing lesson on this urn? So he did. And I remember he said, well, you know, that's not all bad. <laughs> my first so we did that a couple of times. And and then, uh, and it was, it was winter and the weather was cold. So nobody was out on the water then. And he said, well, you know, we do this on the water as well. And you should think about doing that. So about that time COVID hit and um, I, everybody was kind of hunkered down. And uh, a little bit later on that spring, after watching all those hydro athletes on the water on my video monitor, I thought that really looks like fun. So I contacted Ted and took some private lessons and then uh, joined the team soon after that. Uh, Anne. Hi. Well, um, let's see. I have kind of an interesting history. I didn't row for mo the most of 25 years since college. So I started rowing in college. Um, 
my brothers both rode in college and they're older and I was interested in trying out what they'd done, hearing all their stories. And I thought it was um, a really tough, but extremely um, cool thing to be able to do. Doesn't everybody, <laughs> freshman year you get like, like 80 people that come to the informational session and then you end up with 30. Uh, who stick with it. But um, so I rode in college and um, at Colby in Maine. And uh, just I moved to Boston, had grad school and got busy with graduate school and um, getting married, having kids, didn't really get a chance to row again, wasn't in a place where I could row. Um, but then three years ago, my daughter, here we were in Little Rock, moved a couple times. Um, and my daughter had some problems with her feet and she um, couldn't do the sports that she had been participating in tennis and basketball. And uh, a friend said, you know, there's rowing here. You should bring her down and try it out. Um, I, I really didn't believe it because I thought, well, on the Arkansas, it's way too, it's way too rough. And I didn't realize at that time that the uh, boathouse had just moved. Uh, we relocated to a, a calmer waters and uh, that there really was a program. So I brought her down and she was hooked right away. And of course, just having that exposure again, I just, I couldn't resist. I was busy with kids, but I, I, I made, made time to get back into it. So I've been rowing, you know, here consistently since, since she started about two and a half years. When you got back on the water after all those years away, were there any surprises or like, how did that feel for you? Well, I have to say, so I, I was primarily a sweep rower in college and I had learned, I done, I did a little bit of, I dabbled with it in, um, in when I was in graduate school in Boston uh, with uh, sculling. So I had some introduction to it, but I was just amazed how difficult that was at first. Um, I, I don't know, there's just, it's euphoric. I, I, there's nothing like it when you get those first few strokes that are, are smooth and you hear the water underneath the, the hull. Actually, I think it was Julie. Uh, we were rowing together and she said, what's that sound? I said, Julie, that's the sound of the bubbles, the, the water. Bubbles. <laughs> bubbles. It's so yes. exciting to share that with her. And she hadn't, she hadn't heard it yet. So yeah. I said, yes, when you get the oars off the water and you're on the, you know, the finish it, you just, it's, it's, it's awesome. And you're in a beautiful yeah. spot and you're with people who enjoy it as well. So it's, it's really, it was fantastic. I was so glad that I was, um, that, you know, just the circumstances got me back onto the water again, so. Leslie. Hi. Hi. Um, yes, I have been rowing for all of two months now. Oh, welcome. welcome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> yes, um, it has been amazing. Um, my story's a lot like Julie's. Um, I had a rower. Um, my husband had gotten one during COVID. Um, and so I'd started uh, doing some rowing on that. I come to find out I was not actually doing it very well, but um, I, I always loved the water, being near the water, on the water. And um, I started Googling just to see if there was something in the state of Arkansas. And um, I didn't know that uh, we even had a team or a club. Um, but um, I emailed Ted and asked if uh, it was open to people who'd never rode before. And he was like, absolutely. We're going to have to do some little bit of work ahead of time. And uh, so he uh, did some instructional uh, 
you know, this is the oar, this is the boat, you know, sort of thing. This is how you get in the boat, out of the boat, which is all very important. Um, and um, now um, these, these ladies are just awesome. They uh, have been so patient with me, so kind, and um, in teaching me, instructing me, and, and, and Ted's been fantastic, of course, too. That's awesome. We, I, I love Learn to Row and I love those light bulbs. And I can see for each of you, for Ted and for all of you, that you've all, you've all got that glow about you, about rowing. You know, you've, you've been bitten by the bug and you're now part of, part of the family. So welcome. That's, that's Thank amazing. Thank you. And can you tell us what it's like where you row? I could go on about how beautiful it is. Arkansas is underrated. For people who live in other parts of the country, they may think it's tumbleweeds. I don't know what they think it is here, but it is beautiful. It is calm water. We are very lucky that we're kind of protected by some mountains on one side um, and we're in a protected cove where a coach can see just about everybody all the time. So it's a, it's a beautiful spot. And I have to say that's, you know, there's a lot of wildlife there too. So I know that's a big draw for everyone. Um, but for myself, I was surprised how much I enjoyed that. The beauty that you experience and then you combine that with, I'm getting chills right now just thinking about it. When you row in an eight and you've got, when you've got it going and you're in that beautiful spot, it's like, no, who else gets to experience this? Combining a sport that you can do in a beautiful place that's so serene is really, it's magical. So that's, that's the best way I can put it. It's awesome. Is it called the Little Maumel? Is that how you say it? Yes. The Little yeah, Maumel River. River. It's a little tributary that starts off as a very small stream or creek. Um, comes out of an area called Pinnacle Mountain, which is west of us, and meanders into a little bit bigger body of water, um, which empties into a basin that then goes into the Arkansas River. So we, we, if the water is nice enough, we can actually row out into the Arkansas as well. But the adults meet on uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday mornings at 8.30. Kind of like I drop their kids off at school and then come row kind of thing. Yeah. Fun. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I like that time slot, actually. I'd love to row at 8.30 instead of 5.30. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of getting up that early. So they're, they're all lucky that I'm that way, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And, and is it true that like Louisiana's Rowing Club in New Orleans, you're one of the only deals in the whole state? We have, um, probably, we have the biggest program in the state, but it, it's really the only one um, uh, for a while. And uh, the Northwest Arkansas team had just master rowers. Um, they invited me up there a few times to do some coaching over a long weekend, um, which was a lot of fun. They're nice people. Uh, but recently they had some kids interest um, to start rowing and they were trying to sustain that with just the adults kind of volunteering their time, but they hired a coach this year. And so they have a small team of about five kids right now. It's familiar, familiar to me because for a little while I had like one to five kids. And so uh, it just starts to exponentially grow from there. Uh, now we're up to about almost 20 kids. And I'm hoping that that will start, you know, doubling and doubling, and then I'll need some help. Because right now I'm coaching all the programs, including the youth program, the junior development team, which is for middle school kids and the adults. I, we see that a lot with the smaller clubs. There's usually one, one or two people who are, are leading the charge. I committed to making this team grow and this is all I'm doing. So I'm putting all my energy into this. Would you consider yourself the founder? Um, no, uh, actually uh, they, they had a team here, Arkansas Boathouse Club. 
and they were trying to do pretty much the same thing with our North, Northwest Arkansas is doing currently. They had some adults that were really into rowing and they had a little area to row, a boathouse. Uh, but this was over on the Arkansas River near downtown Little Rock and it was a lot of flow problems. So they would only get on the water occasionally, uh, but they wanted to grow a youth program and they couldn't do it on their own. So they hired when Row America was a thing when they were doing the clubs, um, they, uh, they hired me to come here. So that's how I got here. And then Row America, if you know the story or not, they decided they didn't want to do that stuff. And so they left, but I stayed here. So the Rock City Rowing, did that come to be in the early 2000s? Do I have my history right there? So the uh, Arkansas Boathouse Club started, I think, in 2004, restarted. But actually, there was a club here in the 1800s, a long time ago. I got here in uh, 2015. What has it been like to help redevelop or to grow that program there in Arkansas? It's been challenging, but it's been a lot of fun and very rewarding because uh, here I am trying to educate people on what rowing is because the vast majority of people here don't even know what it is. Um, and, you know, I, I get called that they're a bunch of kayaks or canoes and I'm like, no, that's not, that's not what that is. Um, and so, uh, you know, just the education part of it, uh, getting the word out and then seeing people's, like you said, you know, earlier with the, uh, the three people we have with us today, uh, that kind of glow and that excitement that they develop over realizing that they can do this and it is fun and it's a great workout. And it's, uh, that's really rewarding for me, you know, and I, I, I just love to spread my love for the sport to other people. Yeah. Tara and I have both um, been involved with Learn to Rose and, um, and novice programs on and off for a long time. And there is just something, I think all of us coaches say that there's something really exciting about watching people get hooked, figure out what they love about the sport and then have these big aha moments. And then what's even better is when they go tell their friends and they bring their friends and then, <laughs> and then the network grows. A lot of really cool things happen with the youth program. Um, Anne's daughter uh, and their, her two friends uh, started uh, rowing when they were 11. Oh, that's, um, that's when I didn't really have a lot going on yet. So I had time for that. And uh, they've been rowing for two and a half years now, and they're in eighth grade. And they're going to go to Oklahoma City this coming weekend uh, and row in the new U.S. rowing uh, category under 15 Cox Quad with another girl and a coxswain. And I think they're going to do pretty well. Julia, I want to ask you, um, who's rowing at Rock City Rowing and what makes it so special? You know, most of the most of the rowers here have never rowed before, um, just because it's not a hugely popular sport in the southeast. So we have um, we have a mix of lots of different kinds of people um, and different, you know, people that have different careers and different jobs. And um, you know, for the most our our I think our ages range from twenty two as our youngest new rower. Uh, to our oldest rower who's uh, in his mid-70s. But it's just a really nice cross-section of, um, of people. And uh, that's one of the things that I've really enjoyed um, about rowing is that I've met a lot of new people that I would never have met otherwise. And it's been, uh, it's been just a really nice community to be a part of. Awesome. I love that. And am I right that you are now the chair of the boat? club is that right yes 
how did that happen? You're so new to the sport and you just loved it so much and you want to get your hands in there. Yeah, and- you had to do more yeah. and more of it. So um, anyway, uh, I had been rowing for a few months and I, I had had a little bit of previous board experience with some other organizations. And uh, in January of 21, I was invited to uh, to be a part of the board and come uh, come to my first meeting. And at that time, the current board chair uh, had a lot of other things going on, and she really wasn't involved in uh, rowing that much anymore. And um, they asked me if I would consider uh, taking on the leadership of the board. And so uh, so I agreed to do that. So it was kind of a fast and furious uh, introduction into not only rowing, but uh, some of the administrative aspects of it as well. That's a big jump. Uh, that was kind of a zero to 60 jump right there. Definitely. That's great. Good on you. Great. I thoroughly enjoyed it. We've talked to a lot of people uh, in our club spotlights about becoming leaders in the boathouse, not just showing up for practice and not just paying your dues and, and, and actually getting involved or, you know, running a food tent at a regatta or, you know, uh, making some volunteer efforts. Leslie, can you tell me if you were out and about in Little Rock in a, in a cafe or something, and you saw somebody and they asked you about rowing, how would you recruit someone to go row at Rock City? What would you say? Well, um, I have talked more about this than I have anything for a long time. And um, I, I hope you can see the spark in my eye. Um, I, I, I have told people it is, it is a wonderful community. Um, the people that I have met have been amazing. Um, I really feel like I'm part of something, but also, um, just learning this new skill, um, being able to do, uh, this activity that uses so many muscles in the body yet is safe for your joints. (laughs) Um, not as hard on your joints as some of our other sports. Um, but being out on the water, um, you know, like Anne said here in Arkansas, it really is so beautiful. Um, and to have those moments with these other people who appreciate that as well, um, you know, to be out on the, on the boat and okay, let's all, let's all do one more lap so we can see the sunset, you know, and to have that together and enjoy those moments together. Um, I don't know. I don't know why I haven't been doing this my whole life. (laughs) (laughs) This episode of Steady State Podcast is brought to you by Concept2. When you're looking to buy oars, Concept2's dedicated staff is ready to help. Every order is custom made so you can find the right fit for your boat, goals, and style of rowing. There are plenty of options and Concept2 makes the buying process easy. Get started online to see all the options available at concept2.com slash oars. I am really excited about this sponsorship. People are excited for us. My mom called me yesterday. She's like, I don't even row, but but I, even I know that Concept2 is a big deal, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've been using Concept2s and then over the years, it's been more and more a part of our training and And then as a learn to row coach, 
it's my number one tool for teaching and add that right rowing is a lifelong activity yeah i mean concept two is ubiquitous across the rowing community and when i think about when i learned to row i just remember there being a line of these machines sitting out on you know kind of on the walkway there and i didn't know what they were but they were concept two bees with the wooden footboards and the wire cage right what we haven't talked about is oars. I use them with CC or foundation because they can do custom lengths and I can use them for my adaptive athletes. I think concept two, again, is one of the predominant or um, manufacturers that you'll see here in the United States. And that's all I've rode with in the last 22 seasons. That's it. And that started with the, the big wooden handles that were slippery. Uh, and yes. now I call them the green squishy bit handles. I don't, I should know what those handles are called, but I call them the green squishy bit handles um, that I like a whole lot. Nice. We're just really excited. And if you or your company wants to jump on board as a sponsor of the Stay State podcast, we have a great program on our website, stayestatenetwork.com slash sponsors. In two, we're back with Rock City Rowing. That's one, two. I wanted to ask about uh, the club spirit being uh, recreational versus uh, recreational and uh, competitive. Is there racing going on? Are we going to regattas? Are we, I can tell uh, from Anne that she's hot to race <laughs> for sure. Uh, definitely got a competitive spirit there, but how's the racing uh, looking for 2022, for instance? Well, we are, I'm, I'm encouraging our adult team to race at the Dogwood uh, Masters Classic, which is at the end of May. Um, and a lot of them are ready. And even people like Leslie, who started recently, um, I think she can go there and have a good time. Masters racing is as um, serious as you want to make it. You know, a lot of people just go and just because they've been practicing and, and, and want to see how they stand. Some want to go just because they want to have fun with their teammates and have a beer after. Um, and then there's people that want to go and win and train to do it. So there's a whole wide range of people at these races. So I'm hopeful that we'll have a, a good contingent uh, going to Dogwood. I know that uh, Julie's going, right, Julie? Yes, it'll be my first regatta. My Ooh. first. I'm so excited. You're gonna have so much fun. You're gonna have do, fun. Do yeah. you know what? Do you know what events you're rowing in yet? That will be up to my coach. Okay. Okay. Gets to. I'm excited for you because uh, if that first regatta, there's there's some there's some steep learning, but it's it's you know uh, it's so much fun. It's Ted, butterflies in the stomach. It's excitement on the line. Yeah, yeah. Did you guys go to that Masters Nationals regatta last year? Yes, we, uh, we took just uh, two women. One of them is here with you today. This is uh, Anne went. Uh, with one of our newer rowers, Tessa, who had only rowed just, just under two years at that time. Um, and they got gold in the B double. And uh, Anne got third in the C single. And Tessa got second in the B or, or in the double A lightweight single. Oh, wow. Excellent. Very so good. Yeah, I was wanted to ask you, um, Anne, about being at nationals last year because you know, you know, Tara and I have been rowing a long, a really long time, and we are really aware of 
of a couple of years that were really affected by COVID and us not being able to go to regattas. So Masters Nationals was like this big coming out, like, oh, we're all together. It was so much fun. And I was wondering kind of what sort of feelings you had about Masters Nationals last year. Well, so that, that was a first for me. Um, I mean, I, well, I did Dogwood just a few months earlier, but it was my first, um, first nationals. Um, so it, it wasn't, I, I don't have much to compare it to as far as pre-COVID. Um, all I can say, it was, for me, this was kind of like the chance to, the chance to see what I could do as a rower that I would, like a latent dream from my early 20s when, you know, I was in college, it's just, I, I was, I was so committed to the sport in college. And um, I had, a, had some moments when I thought maybe, maybe I just want to row after college. Maybe I just want to see what I can do. Maybe I can train and, and, you know, see if I could make the national team. Now I, I had a coach who, who said, you know, your scores are getting close to that. I, I, I was, I didn't have the confidence at the time to think I could go that route. So I, I buried that and I took another path. So um, when Ted suggested, I don't know, a year and a half ago or so, he said, you know, your, your erg scores are really good. And I think you do, you're a really clean rower. And I think you could do really well at nationals. You should consider it. And I, I, at first I just thought that, that's crazy. I'm not doing that. That's, that's a big investment, but um, you know, I just, it's like, it is, it was a latent dream for me. And, and um, I just figured out a way, my kids are a little bit older. Um, they're not needing me as much. And I kind of had realized that through, through the time that I've been, been able to get to row. And I was happier being able to work this in. And I thought, um, if I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this right. And, you know, I, I'm gonna train like, I, I don't know, you know, as, a, as an adult, there's, you've got to work, you've got other obligations, you've got family, you can't train like you're 22. But um, I wanted to see what was within reason, within a reasonable amount of, of uh, commitment, what I could, could do. So yeah, for a few months, I was working really hard and sometimes doing workouts twice a day and, um, you know, getting on the erg a lot, doing some weight training. And, you know, I knew this was just a kind of a one-time thing for me. I, I just can't keep that up every year, but I, I, to have, to go to nationals and, and see what I could do was, was just awesome. I loved it. It was like finally fulfilling, um, uh, a dream that, that, you know, a part of me that had been latent for so long that really mm -hmm. kind of made me feel whole. But I love being around all these other people who were committed to the sport too, because we don't have a lot of competitive rowers here in Arkansas mm -hmm. to go to these regattas is kind of a way to feel, you know, connected to the community at large. Um, seeing other boat clubs and seeing the camaraderie that other people have. And there's a, there's a, a common um, passion that all these rowers have at regattas and our little, little small, you know, little club here, just a couple of really competitive rowers, you know, we could get thrown into the big regatta and, and um, it's makes you feel connected to others. And I, I really enjoy that too. Oh, absolutely. Is there any talk about going to uh, nationals this year down in Sarasota? Uh, we haven't, we haven't really discussed that yet, but I want to throw this in there too, is that um, this last year after nationals, um, Tessa and Anne also rode at the hooch in the double, mm -hmm. in the master's double, and they got the fastest draw score of all the doubles, all the master's okay. doubles. And, and they got but they got silver medal because Oklahoma City had a mini, little more handicap than they did. Oh, handicap sketch. Well, Rachel, <laughs> I think the natural question is, 
is Boston in your future? Oh, yes, is Boston. We're going to challenge you. We're challenging you Mm -hmm. to put your name in for head of the Charles then, (laughs) because that is the Super Bowl of growing. My daughter, she has a dream of doing that. I said, we could do the parent child, you know. Oh, (laughs) sign up. I know lots of people who've had a great experience with that parent-child child double event. I mean, literally, it's the Super Bowl of Rowan. Talk about and that is com- that is such a neat um, event. It's mixing all sorts of abilities and ages and all that, but it's just it's just such a way to celebrate the the sport of, across the the uh, generations. So it yeah. sounds like 2022 is kicking off with the Dogwood Regatta. You might go to nationals, so that might be in the cards. I want to ask a question about what does your boathouse look like. Do you have a boat yard or a boat house? Are you a, are you one of those clubs that's chain link fence with a bunch of stuff in it, and and you go to a separate facility for indoor? Or are you a you have a full boat house, or is a boat house on the horizon? I want to guess what does it look like when you actually go down to the boat house? Well, I'll, I'll let me tell you about what it looks like now, and then I'll let Julie talk about what's hopefully coming down the pipeline, uh, which is one of the things she's been working hard at. Excuse me. <clears throat> so we have a, a chained in, chain link fenced enclosure with kind of like a carport roof over it um, where we store store all the uh, rower all the uh, the boats and the oars Um, it's kind of on a higher level in the area so we um, have a ramp that goes down to our dock it's pretty good pretty good angle people get nervous walking down it sometimes but I've seen worse and uh, and that's pretty much it right now so it's it's it does it suits the purpose uh, for what we need and then when we have indoor training, we're affiliated with a place called the Athletic Club, uh, which is really just down the road, about a mile or so, and uh, really convenient. And they have uh, plenty of rowing machines there. Actually, they they took on some of the rowing machines that we used to have over in um, in North Little Rock when we were the Row America team. And so plenty of equipment there, lots of weights. So I was able to do some good weight training with the kids this uh, this spring and winter, um, and it's it's working out nicely. But now. Julie, why don't you tell them the next part? Well, so um, currently the boathouse is located at a park called Two Rivers Park that that has a pedestrian bridge that goes from one side of the Little Maumel over to uh, a little peninsula between the Little Maumel and and the Arkansas River. And uh, so we're kind of tucked away in a little corner, but um, we've been talking about building a more permanent boat structure, boathouse, kind of a little bit down, you know, just a few hundred yards down from where we are now. And um, the goal is to have a anywhere from a seven to 11,000 square foot enclosed facility that um, that would have two stories, the bottom of which would be for boat storage that could be floodable. And then an upper level that would have um, a multi-purpose room that we could use for training or even uh, potentially an event space. Um, and we would like for that to help us help us connect with cyclists and other athletes um, in Little Rock. And one of the nice things about Little Rock is that they've got this huge system of pedestrian and bicycle trails that go um, from the Little Rock side to the North Little Rock side with several, I think we have the longest pedestrian bridge um, in the country here. And so what we would like to do is build this boathouse to help us connect with other parts of the community and really have this iconic structure that will kind of be the identity of uh, the Two Rivers Park. So 
we're in the early phases of that right now. We um, are working through some red tape with the city uh, for a lease for that area and textural firm to, um, to uh, look at some initial drawings and stuff like that. So uh, we also uh, really need to fundraise for that because um, we don't have the money for it yet. So uh, we're, we are in the process of getting all that up and going, but it's really exciting. And um, hopefully that's something that we can get accomplished in the next few years. Oh. I love that, that, that spirit. And, and, you know, another organization that operates actually on one of those public bike and pedestrian paths is Texas Rowing Center, which is uh, down in Austin. And they can tell you what it's like to be on this like very, very trafficked uh, path. Well, what's exciting about what they're doing is they've made a multi-purpose uh, facility. So they have a huge rowing program or multiple rowing programs there, but they also have uh, stand-up paddle boarding and other things that happen there. So they're really tying to the community. And I think that's a brilliant way to run that sort of a facility because it's really hard to prove to a city that they should help support in any way a straight up rowing program, I think. Yeah, yeah. But I love that, that you're going to thinking about using it as event space yeah. because, you know, when you think about waterfront event space anywhere in your in your area, you know, that's pretty special. You can tell we've talked to a lot of clubs. So if you need any connections with anybody, um, I think there's been a lot of people who've have gone down your path, but kudos. That's great. You sound like you've got your pitch. Very solid. <laughs> because of our amazing patrons, we've been able to provide 16 Changemaker scholarships to rowers, coaches, and club founders who have big ideas for the future of our sport. When you join our Patreon community for as little as $5 per month, you support the Changemaker Scholarship Initiative and help develop new leaders in the rowing community. You'll also be the first to know about new episodes, get steady state freebies and store discounts. Find out more at steadystatenetwork.com slash Patreon. In two, we're back with Rock City Rowing. That's one is there anything else that you wanted to tell us about rock city rowing anything that we missed we are hosting an annual regatta here that they haven't, oh, absolutely. haven't touched on yeah tell us what are you guys up to this year so we uh just hosted a race uh it was a small regatta with our team the youth team um and two other teams northwest arkansas team and one from uh kansas city uh whitfield academy um, and we've done that now two years in a row here. And we, we actually have a really good spot. Um, I've been talking to the central youth coaches and possibly hosting a um, under 16, under 15 championship here. Uh, we have the, the U.S. Rowing Championships this weekend, which has, I think, a total of 40-something uh, events. And it's just a really long day of, of things. And so we're thinking about maybe breaking it up into two smaller, a smaller race for those kids like novices, uh, middle schoolers, freshmen, like those age groups and, uh, and host it here. And it would be uh, just a thousand meter sprint. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that's a good distance for especially like novices or middle school kids. And, uh, and uh, personally, I, I would want it to be just a, a sculling event. Mm -hmm. um, as again, I think that uh, kids in that age group 
are better off sculling than they are sweet growing. And so that's why I teach sculling first to everybody that starts here. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a great place. We have a, a great venue with a walking bridge right at the finish line. So you could stand up there and watch the boats coming right at you and they finish right there. Um, a lot of space on the side um, near the, uh, along the shore to uh, watch the end of the race. So we could probably host about comfortably 10 teams here. Um, we'd need a little more dock, but we can make that happen. It's the called the natural state sprints. And then there's also been talk of possibly hosting a, a master's race here too. And maybe, maybe even master's nationals. Little Rock is literally dead center of the United States. If you look at a map, it's like in the middle of every direction. Yeah. I think that'd be brilliant, right? I mean, instead of like dividing us East Coast, West Coast, bringing everybody in right to the middle. This has been great. We've really enjoyed getting to know you and getting to know Rock City uh, rowing. This has been really fun. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Yeah, well, I hope that we get uh, over there to visit you sometime. Tara and I have this growing um, list of places that we're putting, um, you know, tacks in the map to go visit uh, someday when we go on a big media tour. And uh, yeah. <laughs> we're going to add Little Rock to that list. It sounds like a gorgeous place to row. So I really do hope to make it there sometime. Well, thank you all. Have a great week. Thank you. Thank you. To see photos of Rock City Rowing, along with links to the people, clubs, and events mentioned in the episode, check out the show notes on our website. Thanks to everyone who listened to our last episode with Isaac Kenyon, who just set his third ultra-distance world record on the Concept2 erg. This follows on the heels of other huge achievements, like rowing the Talisker Whiskey Atlantic Challenge and climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. We dive into the philosophy and motivation that helped him break free of the lure of screen time and the coping mechanisms necessary to take on audacious challenges. Through it all, Isaac has advocated for the environment and autism awareness. If you missed it or any of our episodes, listen anytime at steadystatenetwork.com slash podcast or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. And when you share this episode, it helps our podcast get noticed and reach more ears. Hey, Tara, I think some listeners might not know that Steady State is more than a podcast. Totally. We should definitely tell them. We've got virtual events happening every week that bring together the rowing community from across the country and actually around the world. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. I really look forward to Friday mornings when we get together for coffee chat on Instagram Live because we get to talk about rowing and racing and technique, but we also delve into things like DEI and motivation slumps. And it's always neat when rowers from around the world tune in. And so we hope you'll join us on Fridays, eight o'clock West, 11 o'clock East on Instagram Live. Grab your favorite mug and add your voice to our conversation. And we also know that everyone sometimes needs buddies to help get them through long pieces on the ERG. I know I do. So we lead Steady State Sundays the fourth Sunday, basically, of each month at 6.45 a.m. West, 9.45 a.m. East. And when you register for the 60-minute Steady State ERG workout, we give cues and insights to keep you motivated along the way. So you can work at your own pace and then stick around after to chat. Yeah, I really like that at your own pace. I row at about a 16. <laughs> so um, if you want to find out more about any of our events and claim your spot in our lineup, go ahead and visit steadystatenetwork.com slash events.
Steady State Podcast is brought to you by me, Tara Morgan. And me, Rachel Friedman. Between us, we have 33 years of rowing, coaching, and coxing experience and running successful rowing-related enterprises. Tara is the founder of Seize the Oar Foundation, where they champion inclusion in the sport of rowing through team training, outreach, and thought leadership. And Rachel is the founder of RowSource, the original resource for master's rowers. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Seize the Oar and RowSource. Thanks so much for listening. In two, way enough. That's one, two, way enough.